You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey, everybody. Here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair. And in this episode, I sat down with my buddy Cliff Cody. I've known Cliff for close to 20 years, long before I even started The Listening Room. We used to play shows together and run around town together. He's just a great guy. Uh, Cliff grew up in Odessa, Texas. Uh, That's right, Odessa, Texas, home of Friday Night Lights. Uh, And he was a football star, because that's just what you have to do if you grow up in Odessa, Texas. But he also loved music. After getting hurt in football, He jumped full-time into music, and in this episode, he talks more about how that transition happened and what inspired him to get going. He's going to talk about how he got into songwriting and how he moved to Nashville at the age of 20, and then after being in Nashville, uh, how he had some great success as a songwriter, and he dives into the stories behind some of those songs, but he also talks about how he ended up leaving Nashville going to the Key West Songwriting Festival, falling in love, and then moving to Key West, and how he is still there now and continues to write, but is also making a great living in Key West as a performer and an artist himself. Cliff is a great friend and a great guy, and it was really fun to sit down with him around his stomping grounds in Florida. Uh, So I hope you like this episode as well as we did and continue to follow, share, like uh, all the things anywhere that you are listening. And also let us know any songwriter or artist that you want to hear stories uh, from in the comments. And we will do our best to get them scheduled soon and uh, just keep this rolling out every single week. So, all right, let's get to this episode. Here is Cliff Cody. Hey, everybody, here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and man, I love it when I get to travel and do these things. I am in beautiful Florida with palm trees behind us, and it's a beautiful day with my longtime friend, Cliff Cody. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you. I want to uh, dive in because there's so much to, uh, to uncover, but... Man, we uh, we met each other probably twenty years ago. Oh yeah, um, I, before the listening room. Yeah, I, yeah, it was, was before the yeah. listening room. Yeah, running around Midtown, losers, and uh, <laughs> Red Door, and like every bar in that area, yeah. probably yeah. Um, going to writers' rounds and listening to friends, and yeah. um, so uh, I like walk us through um, how you got to Nashville and how you got into music. Oh gosh, it's a that's a that's a big story. I uh, I grew up in Odessa, Texas. Um, so you ever saw the movie Friday Night Lights? Uh, that's my hometown. Yeah, I, I played football. Yeah, I was uh, I was a football player. Obviously, I mean I've been the same size since I was 16 years old. So uh, it's illegal not to play football in Texas, being yeah. my size. And uh, so I was I played football and uh, I always loved music and 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 sang and stuff, but just in my room and and everything. And then. Um, and then I, um, I got hurt, and then couldn't really go to college and play football. And, um, and to be honest with you, I needed another way to get girls, <laughs> to get dates. Yeah. So I was like, and it was about that time that uh, Lyle Lovett uh, married uh, Julia Roberts, and I was like, you know what? Let me delve into this music thing. <laughs> see, see what it's, uh, so um, the truth comes out. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I happened to be—I was working as a bouncer at this honky tonk in uh, Odessa, Texas, and uh, and I always kind of knew I could sing a little bit, but never really did it. And and so I um, there was this mean little redheaded waitress there that I was trying to get with, and <laughs> they had karaoke night, and she was like, "Why don't you get up and sing me a song?" 
And I was like, all right, I will. And I did, and there was a band in the audience that night looking for a new lead singer, and they asked me if I wanted the gig, and I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, went out the next day and got a guitar with the guitar player. He showed me some chords, and uh, my grandpa played guitar, so he showed me some chords, and, and I just took to it. And within a couple of weeks, I'd written my first song. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a good song, but I'd written my first song, and then six months later, I was like, I'm moving to Nashville. And this was in 1994. I was yeah. 20 years old. Yeah. And so I kicked around Nashville for... I mean, I wanted to go there to be a songwriter, and uh, I thought it might take me a couple of years to, to get signed, and uh, it ended up taking me about 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say it's a 10-year town, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was get, a little behind. you got to get past <laughs> sure. that 10 years. Um, well, and, and you know, then you once you did get signed, I mean, you, you'd had some success. You, you, uh, you've had a lot of success since then. So I want to talk about, obviously, you know, the, the, this is about letting people like kind of pulling the curtain back, if you will, yeah. on music in general. We call it the stories behind the songs. It could be about a festival. It could be about a publisher. It could be like, yeah. we, we kind of dive into all of it, but I want to, I want to go into, you've written some incredible songs. And, um, so, uh, I want to, I want to talk about one or two of your favorite songs that you've written and the stories behind those. Okay. But then I want to also, um, talk about what got you to Key West and you've become oh, this like, like you're, you're the, the mayor of Key West. <laughs> I mean, you're like the, yeah. the it, um, and, yeah. uh, are, have just killed it there. Um, you live there now. I live there now. Um, yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's, um, I mean, we're here in Florida, like, uh, just enjoying it. So yeah. let's, let's talk about, um, let's talk about those things. So, uh, walk me through, um, uh, uh, one or two songs and then let's and then take us into kind of yeah. Key West and and how that all became yeah. out. Um well the first first time uh, what got me finally signed I I well I I started taking and what took me 12 years you know longer than it probably should have is I didn't treat it as a craft. Yeah. So once I started doing that I started I got involved with NSAI and started going to song camps and getting taught by the guys that actually know knew what they were doing and once that happened everything clicked who and, were the guys back then oh gosh uh d vincent williams yep. james dean hicks uh you know uh, yeah those guys i mean gosh uh, i think we were watching uh like every tuesday at tin roof we would go watch those guys together yeah. d vincent and, james uh, dean and dylan dixon and d vincent kind of took me under his wing and 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 like encouraged me and and i actually ended up writing for his publishing company years later but uh the first time i got signed was um uh, I went to one of those NSAI song, the song symposium or something. Yeah. I got to play in front of a publisher, and uh, and my songs were fine. My song was finally good enough, and they yeah. got me a card. They got me a meeting, and that was with Big Tom Luteran over at uh, EMI at the time. And uh, the first person he put me, he was like, "I want to try you out with some of our, our writers and see how you do." First person was Arliss Albritton, and and went and wrote a, a really good song with him that day, and. Uh, and he went back to Tom, and Tom said, "What do you, you know, what do you, what do you think of this guy?" And he goes, "If you don't sign him right now, you're a dumbass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so Tom signed me. And um, a few weeks later, me and Arliss got together to write. And um, he goes, "Hey, I, I hear Julie Roberts at that time as she was writing for her second album." And he goes, "I, I, I hear she's looking for a song. She wants to, and she, they had specific things." That they that they wanted uh, in a song that they were looking for, and he goes, "Let's write it for her." 
It's like, all right, let's, let's. So we, we wrote this song specifically for her, and two weeks later, she cut it. And that was my first uh, first ever like major label yeah. cut. And it was a the um, song called Chasing Chasing Whiskey. Yeah. And and I was like I was like man I've been signed for two weeks and I already got a cut. This is, <laughs> this is easy. Yeah. I was like it was never that easy yeah. again. <laughs> it was never that easy again. But uh, but yeah that was and that that song ended up in like you know they wrote, when they reviewed her album Rolling Stone magazine they you know they they talked about the song and said it was a highlight of the album and and that, and that was just a really cool cool experience and after that i mean and after that i was just you know i was hooked and i was like i'm never not gonna do this and try this yeah <laughs> so and after getting that cut it led me to um getting invited to the key west songwriters festival um so where I, no fun has ever had no fun has ever had that's and i Absolutely fell in love with Key West and, yeah. and that that vibe and the the music scene there. So, playing at the Key West Songwriters Festival, I, I played at the Hogs Breast Saloon uh, as one of my shows. And the general manager and the guy that started the Songwriters Festival, Charlie Bauer, heard me, and he was like, "Hey, he goes, I uh, I'd love to have you come here when it's not Songwriters Festival and have you play at the Hogs Breath." So I started doing that uh, a few times, and that that's a different animal, because I was used to playing songwriters rounds where you play five or six songs, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And he goes, "It's a four-hour shift, ten days in a row." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Oh crap, I don't know." I don't. <laughs> so I was like, I, "I definitely don't have enough songs that I wrote to fill that four hours, and I definitely don't have enough um, covers." But I told him I did. So those first few times I played there, I faked my way through it. I, I, I took long breaks. I talked a lot. I, you know, I, yeah. I tuned a lot, but I somehow was able to like get through those shows. And then, but playing on that stage in Key West is what taught me how to be a performer. Actually, to yeah. like to you know, because you're you gotta, I mean, you're up there by yourself or. Yeah, you gotta four, read the crowd, four, four and hours, figure out, yeah, figure out what they want to hear, and <clears throat> and what, and it actually helped me with my songwriting because I had to go and learn all these great songs, and when you're mm. learning those, you're like, oh, oh, okay, you, you know, you you get kind of, you know, you, you you when you're learning someone else's song, you get. It's it's like you're getting a songwriting puzzle lesson. pieces are starting to come yeah, together. You're like, okay, yeah. that's what worked in this. This yeah. is so, and and now I have, gosh, probably twelve hours of covers I can do. Yeah, <laughs> like like the other night I was playing at the Spoken Tuna. They didn't have a band. I did a three hour show, and they were like, the band's not coming. Can you stay on stage? I was like, yeah, sure. And I I played for six hours and never repeated a song. It was, yeah, wow, that's was, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I want to talk about, um, you're, you're into history, uh, and, and a lot of like just the history in the, in that area, in this yeah. area in general, yeah. where we are. Um, talk to me about the necklace you're wearing. Cause I, I heard this story the other night and it's just oh, so cool. This one, um, um, this is a, yeah, this is El Cazador wreck. Um, um, this basically created the West. It, it um, it was a Spanish galleon in El Cazador. Um, the Spanish government was going bankrupt. The Louisiana Territory, which Spain owned, was going bankrupt. They needed to infuse a bunch of silver from uh, Aztec and Inca silver from Mexico. So they sent the ship, the El Cazador, over in the 1700s, and it, it never made it. So it basically 
bankrupted the Spanish government, and in turn, they sold the Louisiana territory to Napoleon, and he turned around and sold it to Thomas Jefferson, which created, you know, the West. And um, in the 90s, a shrimp boat captain uh, found it and found the wreck and pulled up all these in his shrimp nets. And uh, they said they found the El Cazador is about 50 miles from New Orleans. So if it would have made it, you know, our country probably would have looked a lot different. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's cool. It's just been a, this thing was on the bottom of the ocean for a couple hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, it's like nothing that we typically talk about on this podcast, but I heard you telling that story and I was just like, man, we just, uh, it's so cool. And think about yeah. like, um, you know, yeah, what we have in the United States, like it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't have looked the same. 50 miles. Yeah. <laughs> almost there. Yeah. yeah. 50, almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, man, what, like what else, uh, what else with music? You've got, you've got so many stories and we've known each other for so long. Like, um, what's, what's some of the, what's some of the best, uh, experiences that you've gotten to do, uh, oh, gosh. with this career? I mean, it is just the people I've met, the people I've gotten to open up for. I mean, just heroes of mine that I, I yeah. you know, I, I got to open up for Charlie Daniels. I mean, uh, Hank Williams Jr. Got to meet both of them. Got to, you know, um, gosh, it is. And the, I would say the best thing about music is every, every single one of my friends that I really hold dear, I've met because of music, mm-hmm. pretty much. You know, I don't really keep in contact very much with my high school, you know, friends, but like. All my dear friends, all my, I mean, I met, I met my, I met my ex-wife through music. I met her at the Bluebird Cafe. Yeah. So if I wouldn't have gone there that night, my daughter would not exist. Yeah. You know, uh, I've, I've met, I met my best friend, Arliss Albritton. I mean, so many friends through, through music and, and, and become friends with people that have come to my shows in Key West and stuff. And, and, and that's probably the biggest gift of the biggest, coolest thing about, yeah. about music. And it's just the friends I've made. And, you know, I, and one of the coolest things, I mean, when I first got signed at EMI, um, Jamie Johnson had got signed probably about a year before. And so, and Stapleton was walking around, you know, hearing him in the writer's rooms yeah. back, back then, you know, before anyone knew who Chris Stapleton was, like yeah. 2005. Yeah. And like, we, we, me and Arliss would go in there to write and, the, you know, the writer's rooms are all close together. And, and, he, and we go in there and he goes, oh man, that's Stapleton. He's loud as hell. Let's go to the other end of the, at <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. end of the, of the, of the building. And, uh, and like Jamie Johnson, the day he wrote In Color, he came yeah. in the office and he was like, hey, you want to hear this song? I just wrote it. And to be able to hear a song like that, the day it was written is, is pretty cool. I mean, I yeah. wish you would have written it with me, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. I dress better. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's been, uh, yeah, I. I've gotten to experience that on the listening room side where, you know, these guys are coming in and trying out these songs for the first yeah. time. I, I heard, I heard Jamie, uh, play it at the listening room back in coming station, yeah. Yeah. Um, probably 2008, 2009, yeah. something like that. And it was the same thing. Like, Hey, you know, this is a new song. Never played it yeah. out. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure with being in the listening room, you get to like, and, 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 and it's something about when you hear a song like that, you're like, Oh, there's those songs you hear at writer's nights and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Especially cause like for me, at least, you know, back then, uh, I was in it all, right. I was bartending, I was running sound, I was doing everything. So I wasn't, I wasn't truly listening, you know, my ears are always open, but, but I was, what I was busy and it was those kind of songs that 
would make me stop and go, whoa, what is this? Yeah. You know, where it's like, you know, you just know it's something special. Yeah, when that hook just. Yeah. Grabs you. <laughs> um, what are you listening to? Stapleton, uh, you know, he, uh, he, I, I always loved that song and I, and I told him for years and there was, I've got a video from our second Avenue location where I was sitting there and he was, he was on stage and he was kind of strumming. And then right before he started playing, he stops and he points up at, at me on the camera and he's like, this is a, this is one of a, my favorite songs. I'm going to play this for my buddy, Chris up there. This is, this is his favorite song. It's called, what are you listening to? And you know, I mean, few people in town like they'd heard it but yeah. nobody else outside of nashville had heard that song yeah. and then it was like right after that that all of a sudden he's like Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's yeah it's so cool to um you know to be able to experience that and watch watch your friends and i think you know that's kind of what you're saying like you you're surrounded where your best friends are all in the in the industry and we're yeah. all working together and you wish that you were in the room when jamie wrote in color yeah but, but at the same but time you, i might have like, it up we're, we're like yeah i probably would have yeah um but yeah like that's the other thing i love about what we do is it's like there's a friendly competitiveness yeah. but you like we're all a family yeah you we, get you, so you, excited you for your, for your friends yeah. like yeah. yeah you know i mean going, brothers can be competitive but you're still brothers exactly you know? like, and you root right. for them, you know yeah yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 uh it's a great industry to be a part of. I mean, it yeah. really is. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Brit Skin Beauty. Located in the beautiful Indulgence Medi Spa in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Brittany is the go-to esthetician for facials, dermaplaning, microdermabrasion, waxing, lashes, and any skincare products and consultations. So many people in the music industry use her frequently, and her work speaks for itself. To schedule your next consultation or make an appointment, visit BritSkinBeauty.com or send an email to BritSkinBeauty at gmail.com. Man. All right. Well, um, before we wrap up, uh, I always end with the same question. So, um, you know, you've, you've had all of this success. You are killing it in Key West. Uh, if you go back to everything that you've learned through all of your steps in the music industry with coming to Nashville, getting your first pub deal, getting your first cut, um, meeting Charlie Bauer and moving yeah. to Key West and all of that, all of that you've done. And you go back to eight year old Cliff Cody in Texas <laughs> yeah. playing football. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself today? Um, one, I, I, I wish now I would have, um, not been so shy back in the day when I first got, signs to i was you know i was in that building with with uh you know at emi there was that was a, it was an amazing place to be when i was young younger uh guy clark had his office there mm. and stapleton was walking around the halls and you know just just i wish i would have um i wish i would have like probably like gone up to guy clark and said hey uh i'd see him every day at the coffee machine i was intimidated because i mean he was an intimidating guy, and but he really wasn't. He just, you know, he was a sweetheart once I got to know him. But I wish I would have just said, "Hey, man, uh, ask him for his advice and like maybe ask him to write with me and stuff." I I, I regret that. I, I I was I was I was shy and you know and I was young and I didn't didn't feel like I was ready yet 
and I might not have been yet, but I wish I would have taken that, taken that leap mm. on some of those guys and some of those opportunities. Um, and write everything down. If you get a song idea in your head, write it down. You're not going to remember it later most of the time. And I think I've lost a lot of great songs by just like, oh, I'll write that. I'll remember that. And then, I, and then you don't. And so that's my other, I guess, advice. What about those songs that you do write down and then you go back to later and go, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> happens all the time. That's what I do all the time. I mean, I, I don't write. I, now, now I just have it on my phone. I have voice memos. Yeah. And then I'll go back and listen. I'm like, <laughs> no, nope. I'll, I'll text. I was I was at Red Rocks uh, a couple months ago, um, listening to a, a show out there that was amazing. It was my first time to Red Rocks, yeah. and I came up with this great idea in my head. And yeah. I texted Brian Davis, and I was like, "Dude, this song, like, we got to write this song together." Yeah. And um, then later, I was like, "I don't, I don't really." think that was a great idea like i don't know where that came from but something told me that night it was great and that and just listening to people people will give you ideas all the time i mean just if you just listen to listen to what people are saying good lord there's so many great songs and just what they're what people are other people are going through and what they say yeah i mean it's uh it's yeah just just be a be a be a great songwriter you got to be a great listener yeah of the world you know I don't usually ask this question, um, which is kind of similar to advice for you, but I think just because you've also worked with a lot of songwriters and you've, you've opened your heart up to the new guys too. And you'll write, you know, it's not like with, as you've grown in success, um, I look at you as one of those guys. It's not like, all right, I have my little circle of people I'll write with and I won't write with anybody else. You're, yeah. you're very, you're very, very giving of your time and sharing of your knowledge. Yeah. Um, so for anybody out there listening that maybe is an aspiring songwriter, yeah. maybe they're in town in Nashville already, yeah. maybe they're thinking about moving to Nashville. Yeah. What advice would you give somebody else with, because, because when we moved to town, yeah. you know, it was a different beast. The oh, industry yeah. has changed yeah. so much Somewhere, with yeah. show, socials and how people look at like yeah. those numbers versus talent sometimes, yeah. you know, like, so what what advice would you give somebody else that's maybe just starting out in this? Just starting, I mean, just, just like I said, just learning from learn, like be, you know, learn that there that there is a craft and learn learn the craft. Like I said, that's what took me so long. Once I started, was just I was like, oh, I could just throw this at the craft of songwriting and 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 learning what study songs that like reach people to get people mm-hmm. you know just just be a be a student student of the craft yeah and um and gosh I, as far as getting in like like I said back in the day it was like once you're once you were in once you were like in behind the, the you're like you're in you're in for like yeah ever and but it just takes you a while to get in and and i think arliss arliss always says this and he has the greatest arliss albert and i think he i heard him tell you it's like you know uh don't be the smartest person in the room. Try to write with people that are better than you and learn mm-hmm. from them. And that's, that's what's gonna, uh, that's what's gonna get you further. Yeah. Is, uh, if you can write with someone that's better than you do that. Yeah. Do that as much as you can. And, and, and every writer, they, the, even the, the great ones, they all have their different, different styles of how they, how they write. You know, you might have some, one guy that you, you don't know, like, Room was, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. 
and all of a sudden you're like, are they hating everything I'm throwing out? But no, they're just they're more internal. Yeah. And then like Arliss, I love writing with him because he is just like throwing stuff out, throwing stuff out, like and 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 like he he has like rapid fire ideas. And yeah. then and then there's some people that are more internal, they're slower writers, which I kind of am. I, I I think about I'm thinking stuff and like and then all of a sudden I'm like, doom. And then it's uh, I don't know if that's yeah <laughs> that's no, a good way great, explaining man. it, but yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much. Oh, you're uh, welcome, man. It's always, it's always good to hang with you, but being able to sit down and just share a little piece of your story with everybody is just, it's, it's pretty um, awesome. We don't get to see each other. I know. Much I, anymore, I'm in so. Key West. I'm doing like 300 dates a year <laughs> yeah, in Key West it's now. It's nuts, so, man. So, but it's nice. Everyone comes to see me now. Instead yeah. Of going. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been down for, uh, for a while, even for the festival. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we need to just make a trip and yeah. just come hang. So. Come on down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's every night, Saturday night, man. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, we will put uh, liner notes uh, for everybody of how you can find Cliff if you're in Key West. And uh, go see a show. He is a great entertainer and uh, just a, a lot of fun. Um, and uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast. We, uh, we hope you share it with everybody. Um, and... Uh, Yeah, just thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Cliff Cody. We'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes, like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.